hands. What a wonderful day to be in worship. Beautiful outside, nice and cool inside, and smiling faces everywhere. Let's pray. Spirit of living God, fall fresh now on this preacher and on this body of dedicated believers. Amen. Friends in the Congress, on July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America ratified the following declaration. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve their political bands which have connected them with one another and to assume among the powers of the world the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the cause which impels them to separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We, therefore, representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress, assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world, supreme judge of the world, for the rectitude of our intentions to do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of a right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connections between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives and fortunes in our sacred honor. 1776, a document that clearly declares their intention of our founders to be totally independent from Great Britain. But my brothers and sisters, this morning I want us to really understand they never declared their independence from God. In fact, they made a declaration of dependence on God. A careful reading of their declaration will reveal a declaration that says, if we're going to be a nation, we must depend and lean on the divine God of nature. 
statements like laws of nature and nature's God. And we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Irvin Berlin captured our dependence on God. The words in his familiar song, God Bless America, expresses our need to be dependent on God. These are words that we have come to know in this country, words of a song that encourages us to sing about the virtues and value of this, our homeland. But if you examine it closely, you will notice that in actuality, it's not just a simple song. It is a prayer. It is a petition to the God of heaven and earth to bless this country that we now call America. We sing the very familiar choruses to the song, but there is an introductory section that we seldom get to hear. The words of the song begin by saying, while the storm's clouds gather from across the sea, let us swear allegiance to a land that's free. Let us be grateful for a land so far as we raise our voices in solemn prayer. God bless America. Friends, these are indeed words we need to hear today. These words were placed in my bosom from my childhood. God bless America declares our total dependence on God if we ought to be a nation under God. My friends, the framers of this great nation understood. We need the blessings of the Lord upon this nation. Every person in every nation needs the Lord's blessing. Even if they don't recognize their own need to have God's blessing, I know that I am powerfully grateful for and hopeful for God's moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day, and night by night blessing upon this country. If for no other reason, and the fact that I live here, my family lives here, and my church and my loved ones are in America. I'm totally in love with the idea of petitioning God to bless America. Friends of God, the government in this great nation from its inception of 1776 has been, attempt, has been tempted by greed and power. Our founding documents, the Declaration of Independence, and the Constitution may be near perfect, but the powers that rise to appropriate them often do so for the sake of self-gain. Sadly, brothers and sisters, even those who manage to enter the political scene with a pure heart often succumb to the temptations around them, and because they become just like the others, temptation has won. Ephesians 2 says that when you enter into that, you're entering to the realm of Satan. Beloved of God, we are so dependent on God to bless us as a people and a nation. We need, to look, we need God to look upon us with favor, to find good in us, and to bless us with God's divine protection. 
We need God's Holy Spirit to infuse us with the message that God has given the church to declare to a land that we are a land that respects God. We are a land that needs God, and we are a land that is dependent on God. But as a nation, we seem to be falling short of displaying dependence on God. And yet I know God has not removed God's divine mercy from us. There is good permeating our country despite our divisions. I believe it is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that God is calling upon for such a time as this to live and to display the laws of God. God's influence is still evident in America's giving all over the world and our compassion for the hurting, the loss, and the displaced. My friend, God has given you and I, the church, a task of returning America back to God. We can begin to lead America to repentance and religious reformation. We've been called during this time to be not only evangelists, but to be world changers, agents of God on a mission to turn every heart back to the one that gave birth to them. We have more churches, my brothers and sisters, per square mile than any other nation, and yet our faith commitment dwindles every single year. What will it take to restore us as a nation whose motto is in God we trust. Brothers and sisters, Jesus came to lead a new kingdom, a society governed by love. God was doing a brand new thing in the incarnation of Jesus the Christ. He came to justify us and to atone for our sins. Jesus entered our world to teach people how to live by the standards that people in heaven live by. He established the kingdom of heaven on earth. And my brothers and sisters, you and I are kingdom citizens. Call to model the love that God has for this great world by how we live particularly with each other. We are called to return the hearts of men, women, and children back to God. Jesus says it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. He will have them recline at the table and will come and wait upon them like a soldier on watch does not park themselves under a tree and fall asleep. They pace back and forth, scans the perimeter for any movement and stays alert. The soldier knows that they have a job to do. Likewise, brothers and sisters, we Christians have a job to do. We cannot afford the luxury of falling asleep on our watch. The world and the church, the world is looking for the church and answers that the church has to bring us back to where God wants us to be. There are hearts to be changed and souls to be given to the Lord. Christians are called to stay busy 
and to use our talents and our gift in the kingdom of God so that others will see this is how you should live. Friends, the hymn says it best. Soldiers of the cross, we carry our faith. Soldiers, soldiers of the cross, we bring to those who hate. But to fulfill our duty, we must declare our dependence totally on God. In the book of Micah that you have heard for your listening, we find a mighty man of God with a burden that's been placed upon him that's so heavy He must tell the nation of Israel some news that they don't want to hear. It will not make him popular. The neighbors won't vote him the most likely to be the person of the year. Micah must prophesy and preach judgment to the people that God has promised to bless. Now, this would appear to be the most unwanted job around. Who wants to tell a people who have been singing songs like, God bless Israel, that the judgment of God is coming upon them if they don't return to God? But that's the message that the prophet Micah had to give to those, his own people. He's not doing this because he's so self-righteous and just feels like telling some people off and getting some people straight. No. He is telling them because the Lord called him to do so. The Lord called him to be a spokesperson for God. And Micah has to say what thus says the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and filled him with the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm sure that Michael would have preferred to prophesy about prosperity. I'm sure he would rather to prophesy about witness, about riches and blessing and name it and claim it and blab it. And it becomes not about what God is trying to get across to the people to come back to their first love. Friends, I believe the blessing of the Lord is with us. Just because we say in our hearts that we are God's chosen people, we have to model that by building men and women and children who every single day of their lives are dedicated to bringing new citizens into the kingdom. Friends, we are called to publicly display our dependence on God and on each other. We need each other. We have no time to be fighting over your conservatism or my liberalism. We have no time to fight over your belief or my belief. We have been called by the Lord of the universe to model that we belong to God. Micah prophesied against idolatry, bribery, and corruption in Israel. He preached against the wicked hearts of the people of God. And in chapter 6, he is confronting them concerning getting their house in order with God. Now, talk about a nation that God has blessed. Israel is that nation. It is the nation that God called chosen people. They are the seed of Abraham. They are the apple of God's eye. There is no nation on the face of God's earth that should have been more in tune with the will of God 
than the children of Israel. Yet the Lord has a series of complaints against them. They were a sinful and ungrateful people. And in verse 5 of what you heard read, the prophet presents a hypothetical argument concerning what might be offered to the Lord to get them back into God's good graces. He said, surely the Lord will accept the stuff that we offer him. Of course God will. But why would the Lord turn from being disappointed in Israel? Because they gave him gifts that he first gave them. Have you ever heard of the re-gifting? It is the practice of, of taking a gift that someone gave you and giving it to someone else. The problem with this re-gifting program of Israel was they were giving the original giver back the gifts that he gave them in the first place. They asked in Micah 6, with all, with what all shall we do before the Lord? How can we get back to pleasing God and bow ourselves before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with the thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn, my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? They didn't have a clue how to ask for forgiveness and turn back to the God that loves them so much. They were used to going to worship, putting on a worship face, and then going back home the same way they came. Their worship didn't mean anything. Their singing didn't mean anything. Their praying didn't mean anything. It was idle tradition because their actions of worship contradicted everything they professed to believe. They were moral and spiritually bankrupt. They didn't follow the principles of God. They did not treat their fellow human beings with justice and mercy and compassion. But instead, they thought they could appease the God of heaven with some oil and burnt offerings of calves and rams and even the death of their firstborn children to please God, and God would be happy with them. But the Lord was not into Israel's regifting program. Their outward signs of love and devotion meant nothing to God. What the Lord is looking for is in verse 8. He has shown you, O people, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to just do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Now, now look at this. He has shown you. This is not brand new information to Israel. This is what the Lord has already revealed to them. In other words, they knew the difference between right and wrong. They understood the difference between righteousness and wickedness. Yet, they persisted in living without the moral direction of the Lord our God. And if that was not bad enough, they then wanted to act as if the Lord couldn't possibly be displeased with their actions. After all, they were the chosen people of God. But isn't that's what some in our great country has done? We have our own moral code 
that we feel no one has the right to criticize. The church has no right to tell the government how to conduct their business. Many people declare our independence from God by saying we have separation of church and state. The preacher has no right to talk about the world's affairs. The prophet has no business sticking their nose into the personal conduct of America. The church needs to mind its own business and let God do whatever God wants to do, but don't bother me. People say, this is a free country, and I can believe what I want to believe and do what I want to do, but it appears that our freedom has led us to believe that we are free from the will and providence of God. We have confused liberty with even more perverted forms of antinomianism, whereby we feel that we are under no obligation to be dependent on God to display the love of God to all people. We have a mentality that says that whatever is right for you is your business. And whatever is right for me is my business, and never the two shall meet. But God is a God over the Christian and non-Christian. And God's love is just as right today as it was when it was first ordered as the rubric of this new society. It doesn't matter if you live in America or Israel. God still hates sin. And the biggest sin we commit is not accepting the love and forgiveness of God and then turning that love toward others who need to know God. doesn't matter if we are Christian or not. We are still dependent on God. doesn't matter if we believe in God or not. We are still under God's control. God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to die a criminal's death for our sins. He would not have had to do that if it wasn't a terrible problem with humanity. God sent him to the Jews first and then to the rest of us. The nation of Israel needed to confess their sins and repent of their sins and turn back to the Lord. Friends, I believe the church, God's body, needs to lead America back to dependence on God. We need to lead America into repentance and turn to the Lord Jesus today. And the Lord Jesus, who went to Calvary's cross for the sins of the world, will cleanse a nation just like he has cleaned me up and cleaned you up, all because he did not give in to sin. He overcome death and the grave. He conquered them all by the power of the resurrection, and he wants us to be a holy nation. Then God can be blessing us, and the nation will see God blessing us and God blessing them. I want God to bless America, but I want God to also fix us, fix our hearts, Fix the things that keep leading us away from God. It's time to turn our sins from our sins and seek the will of God. Friends, you remember David's son, Solomon. David was one of the great giants in the uh, Old Testament, and so was his son, Solomon. His proverbs still rule 
a lot of people. He was an intelligent man, and he led the nation with intellectualism. He, his famous project, proverbs, almost 3,000 of them, still guides us in the ways of the Lord today. But eventually, Solomon allowed the allure of his concubine to draw him into the worship of false gods. The result was that Solomon displeased God. The bright days in his glory ended in cloud and darkness. His decline and fall from God's grace is one of the saddest ever recorded in biblical history. What does that say about us and our ability to receive God's blessing? Friends, we need each other. We need to lean and depend on each other. Our communities, our society is looking for places where people who are obviously different, obviously don't think homogeneously, obviously don't live in the same neighborhood, obviously are not of the same political slant. They are looking to us to show them that despite our differences, we still can be a nation fueled by the love of God. We serve the blessed G-O-P. He is the God of pardon. And when nations are led by humble leaders with repentant spirits, when they say, yes, Lord, to your will and to your way, God will never turn God's back on us. Our GOP is a God of pardon. He is the Lord of promise and perfection. He is the Lord of majesty and mercy. He is the Lord of forgiveness and of freedom. He is the Lord of righteousness and redemption. And if his people who are called by his name will humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, we will hear from heaven, and God will heal our land. Brothers and sisters, that's our God of pardon, our GOP, God of pardon. He will never say no, but the church must spread the word. In God's spirit, we are encouraged. In God's spirit, we are truly alive. In God's spirit, there's nothing that can be defeated. In God's spirit holds us from the firm into God's will. Our declaration is of dependence on God. All of our needs are, are promised to be supplied by a loving God. If it wasn't for God's spirit, we would have long since been abandoned and died. Our declaration of dependence on God, is, we're dependent on God for our every breath, every beat of our heart, every step is ordered by the Lord. Our declaration of dependence on God, all of our help comes from the Lord. He is our wealth and our great reward. Our declaration of dependence on God is great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto us. Great is, great is our declaration of dependence on God. Our transgressions from mortal to immortal is dependent on God. 
my joy, my family, my attitude, our soul winning ministries, our church is dependent on God. On this Independence Day, I want to declare to you that we are dependent on God.